Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me! Fine, how you long? <laughs> you have a great show, I'm a big fan. Boing. So what, what, what seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the, in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish, what?! Eight, four, I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Hey, just like that, we're into the second hour, and you have found the Barbecue Central Show. Time flying by at breakneck speed. 2020 rapidly coming to a close. <laughs> you didn't think I was going to fit that in there today, did you? I did. Just did it. It's the Live Fire Fun and Frivolity Show coming to you live from Cleveland, Ohio. This time aboard, around. This time around, we're brought to you by Fireboard and Fireboard 2 and Fireboard 2 Drive, where you could monitor six different temperatures simultaneously, connecting to something called Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or another item called Bluetooth. If you have Alexa or a Google Assistant in your home, you're in luck because Fireboard 2 and Fireboard 2 Drive fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. I also talked with Ted Conrad at the end of last week, and believe it or not, they have new products coming out before year end. So we will be having conversation with Ted before 2020 actually does come to a close. Dennis Busso, embedded correspondent from Colorado, saying, if you can believe this, I'm going to put it up here for everybody to see. Snowing here tonight. Keep it over there, Dennis. Nobody wants snow, by the way. We hope your uh, wife is feeling well. Good thoughts continuing to be passed from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city out there to you in Colorado. Good to see everybody on Facebook and uh, YouTube. Once again, if you are not familiar or you miss the open of the show, we are streaming live video to such platforms as the Facebook show page for the Barbecue Central Show, which is slash BBQ Central Show. Also back on YouTube, which is youtube.com slash rdrempy because I'm not allowed to have my own custom name yet because... YouTube is a piece of trash, and I hate it, but I'm still going there because I'm a hypocrite. Also, we're trying something new out, twitch.tv slash Show. The comments are turned on for Twitch. However, through the list of comments that I'm seeing here over Meathead segment, I see nothing that indicates that anybody's watching over on Twitch. But it all archives in its own independent situations, and there you go. So... If you want to if you've always thought it was great that I was on YouTube or that's the only way you consume your live video streams then fine I'm back there right now. They will also start archiving and I'll continue to get my uh 100 total views. <laughs> oh, it's a whole thing, believe me. Still to come on the show Jess Priles in about 11 minutes and then we will also have Brian Shaw from Certified Angus Beef. You can follow me socially on Instagram, Twitter, 
TikTok and Snapchat at BBQ Central Show. And again, uh, live video feeds on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Coming up on the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less this Friday, we will find episode 141, taking you back to September 10th, 2013. So seven years removed roughly to the day. As I had mentioned with Meathead, Friday is the 19th anniversary of the terror attacks on this country, specifically, of course, New York City, Washington, D.C., and the thwarted attack, which saw Flight 93 go down in Somerset County in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Many think that it was heading to the White House or perhaps the Capitol building. So as I ask every year at this time, make sure you remember what happened this coming Friday and how it changed us and how it changed us as humans, how it changed us as a people in this country. Make sure you remember all the folks that perished that day and how you felt as we were under attack. It's especially different given this year and the coronavirus, the battle we're fighting on many fronts as far as that's concerned. But obviously, in a much more different way. I don't know in my lifetime if I will ever have those feelings as I did as I was venturing out into rural Sandusky, Ohio, listening to the Howard Stern Show in the morning and hearing a reported plane crash into one of the towers. And they were just like a propeller plane. And then hearing, you know, eight, ten minutes later that because then it was up on everybody's TV in the studio watching the jet airplane fly in to the second tower and then realizing that we were under attack. Uh, that was a, a feeling that I'll never forget. So I want to make sure that we never forget September 11th, 2001. Of course, my ongoing fear here is that the further away we get from that day, the more chance it will of being forgotten. And there's now a lot of people that weren't alive for that particular event in our history. So it doesn't have the same impact to them. And of course, my deepest sympathies are going out to all the folks who were affected directly. And remember, you know, as you rewatch history this coming Friday on the number of specials that will most likely be played through that day and night. It was only a few years ago that I realized that there are people out there today who watch the planes hit the towers and the Pentagon and hear the radio traffic of Flight 93 going down into the field in Somerset County, Pennsylvania, in Shanksville. And they have to watch and or hear their loved ones who were on those planes going into the fields or into the Pentagon or into those towers and die all over again every single year. And I can't imagine, and I didn't understand that for years. For years, I didn't understand it, and I would do a long-standing segment on the show and recount exactly where I was and exactly 
how I was feeling and where I went, and we would get call-ins, and we would do all these things. And as I was watching a 9-11 show a couple years ago, they were talking with, it was a mom or a dad of somebody who was on one of the flights that went into the World Trade Center towers. And she said, you know, what most people don't realize is that I will not watch television on September 11th. And I was a champion of show everybody these videos, have a channel on cable television that constantly reruns 24-7 everything that happened that day because I was very fervent in my belief that we never wanted to not be able to see it because we would then forget it. And I didn't want that to happen. But when I hear the lady say, I don't watch television on September 11th because I have to watch my son or I have to watch my daughter physically watch my son or daughter die all over again. I can see when they're alive and all of a sudden I can see when they are not with us anymore. So I don't watch television on September 11th. I don't want to see that over and over again. And I never understood that. That never was on my radar until I heard that lady say that. And so now I won't go over the top, but I will also refuse to not mention it as I close the show out every week. I will refuse to not bring it up in some form or fashion as we are within that September 11th week. I believe there has been one time when or or a few times when September 11th has actually happened on a Tuesday slash show night or just the day after or perhaps the day before. But whenever we are within that week, I will always talk about it. I will always bring it up because I never want anybody to forget what it felt like, where you were, how we felt as a country. I mean, think about where we are as a country now and how divided and how unjust and how in transition we are amongst ourselves right now. You can't deny it. No matter what side you're falling out on, this isn't like any other time we have seen. And then think back to the days post-attack. Everybody was on board. Everybody had each other's back. Everybody was willing to throw in and help and make it better at any cost. And I don't want that to be a driving factor to help today, but I mean, we could certainly look back and take a few notes to help ourselves here, right? So once again, September 11th, 2001, I will continue to never forget. And that show will be coming up on the best moments this Friday. That will be from September 10th. 2013 and you have to be subscribed to the podcast in order to get that Jess Priles is coming up out of the break we'll get her thoughts on 9-11 as we approach this Friday as well as talking a bunch of live fire cooking stuff head on over to Big Papa Smokers right now the one stop online shop for all things barbecue and grilling related a curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies we'll get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time everything at big papa smokers has been pitmaster approved by sterling big papa ball himself they have 13 perfectly balanced flavors of rubs and seasonings that transform ordinary meals into extraordinary 
Whether you're cooking to impress the judges or grilling for family and friends, Big Papa's has something for every type of competition and backyard cook. They also own Granny's Barbecue Sauce. So if you're looking for a great new go-to sauce, that is great right out of the bottle with no doctoring needed. You have it in that. If you like a good base rub, try Granny's as a base and then doctor from there. Either way, it's fine or something in between that. They also sell grills and cookers over at BigPapaSmokers.com. Of course, if you're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use, check out the Mac 2 Star General Pellet Grill. Big Papa Smokers, the exclusive Mac dealer. They're even offering special packages. They have a brand new revamped Mac 2 Star General Pellet Cooker as well. If you're not a fan of pellet smokers, fine. Try the old Hickory Ace BP, the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. If you're not sure of what grill you need, give them a call. They'll walk you through all the steps. 877-828-0727 or shop their website at BigPapaSmokers.com Big Papa Smokers B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers.com Your one-stop online shop for all things barbecue. Jess Priles is in the green room. We'll get to her in just a second. Stick around. You are listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. visits from a killer hog, a cooking guy, a man named Meathead, the author of Barbecue Bible, a grill girl, a bristly barbecue journalist, and the male feasance of the barbecue world known as the Embedded Correspondence, only found right here on the Barbecue Central Show. And this portion brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker, the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet, currently available in two sizes, the regular and the junior. Pit Barrel Extra Big, coming maybe fourth quarter, maybe turn of the year. We'll see how that goes. Whether you're a beginner or professional, definitely a cooker you want to add to the arsenal. Visit pitbarrelcooker.com and tell them the Barbecue Central Show sent you. In fact, I got my Pit Barrel Junior in the mail. Just the cutest little cooker. Mega cute. By the way, if I can put it together in 10 minutes, that tells you exactly how easy it is to put together. So don't be scared about any of that regular size or junior. Hey, my first guest in the second hour, a successful business person, an author, brand ambassador, appears on TV from time to time, founder of the highly successful Hardcore Carnivore brand. And we can also add college students to the list now. And we'll talk about that here in just a second. So let's hit the hotline and welcome back Jess Priles to the show. Hey, Jess. Uh, I have no audio. You there? Hold on. You there? Hold on. Check, check, check. Oh, dear. Let's just relax for one second. Can you just disconnect and then reconnect back in and we should be all set? going to learn from that uh, Derek Riches fella because he was like, you know, all that. So uh, disconnect and then come back in. We should be all set. We'll, uh, we'll wait for you. No problem. So uh, we'll wait for Jess to rejoin here in just a second. And in the meantime, uh, I will thank Meathead from AmazingRibs.com for joining me. Now, all right. How are we 
we doing now? 100% better. Thank you very much. See, look, I learned things too. And two weeks ago, I had Derek Riches on the show and we did all this testing as we did earlier today and all this other stuff. Right? There was no sound. And I said, you know, <laughs> now eight or nine minutes later, I said, why don't you disconnect and come back? Everything was fixed. So we just level-headed it, said, hey, go out, come back in, and away we go. So, yeah, uh, have, you tried, have you tried resetting your computer, sir? Oh, uh, of, <laughs> of course you would believe the amount of hurdles I go through before I actually start streaming. <laughs> and number one is always a hard reset to make sure that there aren't any internet bugs or programs that would be tripping me up, things of this nature. So, oh, yeah, it's a whole situation. Mm-hmm. So uh, before we get into talking about your meet science graduate certificate program and the just keep flipping method if we could because maybe you'll have a unique view on this uh friday is september 11th the 19th anniversary of the attacks here in this country uh many folks have that day burned in their memory for obvious reasons but i was wondering how when you hear that date uh, how does that strike you and perhaps what were you know some of your initial thoughts as you started seeing that go down uh, so I was in Sydney at the, at, on that date visiting, and because of the time difference, I remember very specifically, um, I was staying at a friend's apartment, and I went to bed kind of early-ish, like 11 o'clock, and I woke up the next morning, and by the time I'd woken up, everything had happened, mm-hmm. and my friend said to me, we didn't want to wake you because we weren't sure if the world was going to be here, like we thought you should deserve one more sleep. So it was really different kind of just waking up to all of it. But I think the show of solidarity in the days afterwards in such a hardened city like New York to come together like that and, and the humanity and just the the way that everybody was just so nice to one another mm. you know I feel like we could use a lot more of that now more than ever no doubt about it uh just priles joining me here on the show uh, justpriles.com and hardcorecarnivore.com at just priles on social media also at hardcore carnivore depending on how you're going to tag or follow or do all of those things i had mentioned it a couple seconds mm. ago jess but Going back to school, meet science graduate certificate program at Ohio State. <laughs> what? Iowa oh my State. God, what an idiot. Iowa I apologize. State. Iowa State, you know, it just <laughs> rolls the off the tongue. You know what? Let me back out just for a second. I can't even believe that I would make that mistake because I did not even go to Ohio State. I went to Ohio University, so I don't even know where the hell Ohio State came from. God, can we just quit and restart all over again? I can't believe I did that. I apologize. Iowa State University, a cyclone, which is great. Cyclones, we love that. Do you know who the most prolific cyclone is to come out? I don't because I'm dealing with my own issue, which is that before that I was a Longhorn fan and now we play each other. So what do uh, I do? Yeah, I think it's Darren Worth from Iowa Smokey D's, right? Darren Worth. Really? Yeah, he's a clone. Yeah, no doubt. Prolific. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about the program itself and why you're going back to college. I'm going back to college. It's, it's the first time I've been to college in the States. I have a degree from Australia. Um, and basically it's a meat science graduate certificate. So 
it, it like I had to apply to college. I had to make my case. I had to get the the uh, the faculty to approve me, and it was like it wasn't just like a yeah, like I put my hat in the ring and they pulled it out. Like it was it was quite an, an endurance sport. Um, but anyway, it's a it's a a meat science grad certificate. So over the years that I've been kind of honing my craft and learning about this stuff, one of the things that's been most fascinating to me is learning about the how and why. And that's, you know, every time I've been on here, I've really enjoyed talking about, you know, the idea and the science and the dry aging and all that kind of stuff behind things. And I've picked up a lot over the years, but I always felt like, ah, oh, I wish I could answer that question without, you know, without having to refer to friends of mine who are meat scientists. And, it's uh, it took me you know it took me several decades of my life to want to go to school but i just woke up one morning i'm like oh god i get it now like i get what it's like to want to study so uh i've already started i'm i'm in my processed meats course and like i've already learned so much um that i can apply and you know share with people to make their meat cookery better ultimately um and, and in some ways, it also helps validate, you know, like we got to the section on on what gives meat its color. And I, you know, I knew I knew a lot of what was being presented. Sure. So having the certificate will help kind of validate that, too, which I'm really excited about. When you look back at a younger Jess Pryles going to college or university or, you know, whatever they call it in, in Australia, um, and, yeah. you know, what I think is funny as you look at it here in the States, there seems to be these regimented steps that a youth feels like they must take. And they feel like that because the adults are pressing those mandates down, which is go through high school. And then without question, you should then go to college. But you're talking about somebody who is 18 years old, maybe not even 18, and doing a four year stint on what the hell do you want to do for the rest of your life when really those four years might be better served trying to figure out who the hell you are and how that might feed into a passion that might lead into what you want to do for the rest of your life. So while I did do those steps, um, I certainly don't feel like I would tell my kids, hey, you have to go to college after high school uh, if you want to find yourself or you feel passionate about something or you want to do a trade or something other than that, uh, I'm a champion for it. So long way to go to, to get and say, when you look at a younger Jess Pryles going to college, how do you view it now <laughs> as someone who is more worldly and has gained a tremendous amount of experience versus someone who was a lot greener back then? I get it. I mean, I, you know, I definitely felt that pressure you were talking about. Both my parents went to college and there was just this expectation that I would too. And I certainly had no idea what I wanted to do at the time and really never thought that I would end up doing this. Um, in fact, most people aren't even aware that meat science is a degree. I certainly wasn't until several years ago when I started realizing that so many universities across the United States and the world do offer it. And what meat science is, is basically like, why the quality of beef in the grocery store is so good, why processed meats have come so far over over the years. So not just food safety, but you know, it, it's it's a really, really interesting field. Um I I don't know, I, I kind of feel like parents are sort of worried that if the kid doesn't go to college, they're gonna end up being like a bum in a corner somewhere. So it's like, here, take this path. Enjoy. But I definitely think that the later in life 
uh, perspective is helpful. How are you juggling the duties of CEO, content creator, brand ambassador, wife, and everything else you have going on, and then still trying to find the time to dedicate to the school demands? I mean, if you weren't already a time magician, this just has to add a unique layer on top of all that other stuff. It does. It does. And that's why it's the certificate, not the degree so that it's manageable. <laughs> I still have to do, I'm cramming in about four to six hours of school per week, which doesn't sound like much, but think, I mean, it's, it's intensive, like concentration hours, right? So I've got a planner. I've got a million sticky notes that you can't see on my screen and you just, you just make it happen. If you want it bad enough, you just make it happen. Just do it. Get, getting Get a it. certificate aside from all the other things that uh, come along with it. Is this something that you could then say, I have this in the portfolio and now I'm going to 180 and do a completely different career path? Or is it just a accumulated knowledge where, you know, as you said, kind of in the beginning, now you can speak even more from a position of authority? So because it's a certificate, it doesn't, it, it, I mean, it doesn't technically qualify you to go and get a job at a, at a major meat company as if you were a spe meat science specialist or a graduate degree or what have you. It's more that it, it was really more for me to understand the hows and whys. Like now I understand about molecular binding of water and, and not just like why we rest our steaks, but the intensive science behind why you rest them. And that, that makes a tremendous difference. Um, so there's a lot of different stuff like that. So it, it it gives me the information to fill in a lot of gaps to to make to make it make sense. Not just okay, well I know this works, but why does it work? But I think there's also something there in terms of like, well, how are you going to argue with someone who's got like formal certification degree? Right. right. That's right. That's why we have the experts and uh, those that have went to school to accumulate the knowledge. Uh, you know. I mean, it seems like anybody anymore will question anything no matter what, but, uh, you know, at least you do and can say, hey, I, oh, by the way, I, I have this. I went to school and I did this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the end. That transitions nicely into cooking steaks. And there have been many evolutions, or perhaps some say evolutions, of how to cook steak during the 12 years of the show. Initially, it was high heat. Flip once, rest, it's all done, now you can eat it. There was a small movement of lower heat direct grilling, so you get the grill to 350 degrees, flip it once, then take it to an internal temperature of preference. Then, of course, reverse searing and sous vide, which has really been one of the more prominent ways to cook at least thicker steaks and other bigger cuts over the past three, four, maybe five years. But here comes a method that I heard about from Adam Perry Lang years and years ago on the show once and really never heard about it too much again. And then there's this lady in Austin who calls it just keep flipping method. And oh, by the way, that's you. So at what point do you decide that this is a method that you were going to more and more so much so that you're going to start making social media posts and you're going to be doing more research and more cooking. When does it really take hold of you and, and become a passion project? So 
I have that Adam Perry Lang book and he's, he's a legend too. And when I started posting about it, I just call it JKF now for ease of use. And when I started posting about it, a lot of people were like, oh, Heston Blumenthal does that too. <laughs> so I've never claimed to have invented right. it. In fact, I feel like it's probably the oldest. Like I feel like it may be as old as cooking over fire itself. But in this day and age, everyone is very much into methods, techniques, you know, the reverse sear. It's, you know, well, but did we have a name for the opposite of the reverse sear at any stage? I'm not sure. So what happened was I started to do a lot more video work um, and publish a video every week to my social media and my website and my YouTube, gratuitous. And I realized it basically made me focus on what I was doing because I had been doing this all along and not realizing it. So I filmed this video for how to cook a tomahawk steak and I did what I always do, which is light a whole chimney of charcoal, dump it into one area. So not spread it out. Like I hate, I, it's like the worst that 350 degree heat you're talking about is the worst. Um, put all the coals together, flip, 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 got like this mega crust on it put it on the indirect side to kind of where I wanted to quick butter brush, quick flip because the coals were still live done. And I'm like, Oh my God, what was that? Cause that wasn't a reverse sear. And that was like a three part cause I'm filming it and I have to talk about it. So I actually have to like be conscious of it. Yep. So I'm like, I, I don't know, I guess this is just the way I do when it works. And then it just made me start thinking like, you know, I really, this is the way that I cook. Like ended up writing this article about it because I feel like reverse sear has taken over. I feel like reverse sear is amazing for people who are starting out. Like if you're nervous about cooking steak and you're not a great cook and you want to give it a shot, it's a great fail safe mm -hmm. to start off with. But I've equated it to like riding with the training wheels on or bowling with the bumpers in, you know, like if you don't ever get over that hump, you're never really learning to grill properly. And I feel like with reverse sear, a lot of people are so obsessed with that edge to edge color yep. that sometimes they won't get the crust. Like it'll be colored, but you won't get that nice Maillard, like rendered beefy crust sensation. And then that's not what it's supposed to be about either. Like that, that happens a lot with sous vide, you know, um, because it's been cooked and they don't want to overcook it on the edges too much. Um, but I also think that, just that art of you know sort of wasteful as well i know i know a lot of people who reverse sear by starting in an oven and will fire up their whole grill especially the ceramics because they get so hot for literally two minutes of searing which is crazy <laughs> so i guess i'm just encouraging people that if you're ready to move on to something a little bit more advanced and you want to understand the fire a little bit more jkf works so the principle is that you keep cooking over extremely high heat you keep flipping every 20 to 30 seconds why it's not as exact as reverse sear because reverse sear i say put it in at 250 or 275 cook it until it's 130 internal sear it for one minute on each side over a searingly <laughs> hot you know surface done with jkf it is 20 or 30 seconds and if you're getting a flare-up it's more frequently so you do need to be a little bit more intuitive with learning about the meat but that's how you learn that's how you experience that's how you learn the difference between cuts it's a much more connected i guess method of cooking because you're understanding the charcoal you're understanding the heat it's giving off you're actually watching that maillard reaction happen and you're getting that perfect crust too so i've just been really pushing it because 
the biggest reward for me, honestly, has been I, the other reason that reverse seer is a little bit like, come on, y'all, like really. And I was a huge reverse seer fan for a long time. Sure. Everyone who's been trying JKF again are either new-ish people or seasoned gorillas that just got so caught up in it they forgot and they're posting and they're like dinner was 15 minutes and just as good if not better instead of two hours <laughs> to cook a steak <laughs> and that's all it needs to be i mean th there's a time and place for reverse here someone else said like it's about having the methods and then knowing which one to use it's not that one is significantly better than the other it's just that one is not king you know Gotta know all of them. Gotta know all the tricks. All right. So the end question to just keep flipping is, is there a point where you are using too thick or too big a piece of beef where just keep flipping isn't going to work? Or regardless, if you keep doing your end of it as the grill person, the results are going to yield roughly the same. So the point of JKF uh, as well is that it does work on any size piece of beef, particularly thin ones, which reverse here doesn't work on. So here's the theory. The theory is if it's a huge piece of beef, it will still work. If you stand there and you just keep flipping it, it will be perfectly cooked on the inside with a crust on the outside. But obviously, let's say for like a three inch T-bone, that's going to be quite arduous. So in those cases, what I do is basically the reverse reverse here, <laughs> which is where I just keep flipping until I get the crust that I want. Yeah. Then I move indirect until it finishes cooking how I want it to. And I'm, I'm going to be posting about that soon. That's what I call sort of the next level because you want the introduction. Just understand the concept that it does work. And once you understand the basic concept, then we can move on to round two. All right. Uh, we're talking with Jess Priles from JessPriles.com and HardcoreCarnivore.com. Follow her on social media at all those places as well. Uh, before I let you go last time, I asked you what the best Alice in Chains song was. And while you were very close, we both agree that you were wrong. So before I let <laughs> yeah. you go this evening, what is the best Ariana Grande song? The answer is I don't know any Ariana Grande. That's songs. a lie. That That's a total lie. I no, swear. Really? What I is swear it? I swear I don't. Re okay. Well, I swear I don't. Here you go. The answer, of course, is no tears left to cry. House full of women. What can I tell? You? Go listen to it. You I don't know, it. dude. I just posted Metallica tonight. I don't. You know, <laughs> like sorry. <laughs> yeah, we can agree. Look at my latest reel, Greg. It's Master of Puppets. We, like I oh. don't know Ariana Grande from whatever. We we can agree that whatever took place uh, after and Justice for All and previous to Hardwired was total complete crap. Correct. Yeah, I mean, yes! for me, it's Ride the Lightning. Yes. Yeah, I love. For it. me, it's Ride the Lightning. All right. Uh, follow Jess over at JessPriles.com, HardcoreCarnivore.com. Get all the rubs and uh, make sure that you are keeping up with her. And subscribe to the YouTube channel because, as she had just mentioned, she's posting videos once a week to the various platforms. Do uh, you want to tease what's coming up? Yeah, the JKF Part 2 is coming up. Right. I'm working on a little something with all the Dove I shot this weekend, which is pretty exciting. Sorry, Dove. Yeah. Nice. Sorry, bird of peace. Yeah. Looks like you're SOL. Yeah. You bought so, the peacemaker to the doves. 
Hey, yeah. that's why they pay you the big bucks, that's Greg. Right, no doubt. <laughs> all right, uh, get over and check Jess out. And just, just come and, look. There's a lot of stuff. All right, then yeah. get over there to the YouTube, watch it all. In the meantime, thanks, Jess, so much for coming on, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Talk soon. All right, there she is, Jess Priles from HardcoreCarnivore.com and JessPriles.com. And we will be back in just a few short seconds with Brian Shaw from Certified Angus Beef. I will talk to you quickly about pits and spits. You know, since 1983, way back when I was nine, pits and spits handcrafted smokers and grills in Houston, Texas, And since that time, establishing itself as one of the premier brands and high-quality offset smokers, more recently, pellet cookers, Pits and Spits sets itself apart by using heavy 7- and 10-gauge steel in every cooker, fully welded construction that you can feel when you use the unit, 304 stainless roll-top lid, and a front shelf on every single smoker. Why does it matter? Well, by using higher-quality materials, Pits and Spits smokers reach and maintain temperatures, allowing you to worry more about the meat than the heat. And by providing a fully welded smoker, you don't have to worry about grease and smoke leaking out of the barrel or about the grill rattling apart as you move it through the backyard. By using 304 Stainless, you're getting an heirloom quality product that you will be able to pass down to your kids. Now, where some companies focus on being the low-cost provider, Pits and Spits focuses on craftsmanship and using quality materials. Are there cheaper ways to manufacture products? Sure. They don't like tack wells, cheap stainless and electronics you can't count on. Having in-house manufacturing gives them complete control of the design and standards. That's not something you're going to find in products brought in from overseas. Their steel suppliers are using materials that can be used in some of the harshest environments. So they'll perform in any and all conditions. And their controllers are made right here in this country. So you have unimpeded transparency to the programming. Pits and Spits has a dealer network across the country. But if there isn't one close to you, feel free to give them a call at 844-650-6250. That's 844-650-6250. Whether you're a backyard grill master looking to cook steaks for the family or a competition team smoking 50 racks of ribs, Pits and Spits has a product for you. You can check them out online, pitsandspits.com. All one word spelled out, Pits and Spits. Or see their pits in the wild across social media at their handles, at Pits and Spits. Brian Schaff coming up. We thank Jess Priles again for last segment. Stick around. We'll be right back. Celebrating over 10 years of prolific and unparalleled live fire barbecue and grilling talk. And yes, it's still being done from Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. This portion of the show being brought to you by Smithfield. Throughout this grilling season, you get tips and tricks and techniques from Chris Lilly, Darren Worth, Ernest Cervantes, Childs Cridlin. With mouth-watering flavor and no artificial ingredients, Smithfield fresh porks, quite simply, some of the best pork money can buy. Trusted choice of world championship pet champion pitmasters for use of competitions and at home why not coming out of the bullpen this evening tonight is the chef liaison and unofficial master taster certified angus beef he's also the host 
of the Meat Speak podcast, which is also a certified Angus beef production. Let's race to the hotline and welcome in first timer to the show, Brian Schaff. Hey, Brian. Hey, hey. What up? How you doing? Uh, Man, I am living the dream about about an hour south of you. Actually, this is not this is not a, a, a hardly a long distance telephone call. No, not a long distance call, but from the uh, odd uh, divergence of our relationships, it might as well be from like North America to Antarctica for crying out loud. It's unbelievable. Right, right. Yeah. I, I I feel like I we have just I think we we've just missed each other by like. Eight seven inch at different yeah. events and and it's it's just amazing that we hadn't crossed paths earlier uh, really until our pal Jeremy Omansky, uh got us on the horn. That's right. The uh, the Koji yeah. Alchemist uh, Jeremy Umansky, owner of Larder, which I highly tout on this show whenever I get the chance, of course. So uh, I appreciate you being able to jump in here on kind of short notice. Um, uh, before we get into certified Angus beef stuff and learning a little bit about you, I've been asking all my guests as we lead off uh, Friday, September 11th, obviously the 19th anniversary of the terror attacks here in this country. So as you look back uh, 19 years ago, as we approach Friday, some of your thoughts on you know how you saw it uh, back in 2001 and uh, where we are now. Yeah, you know, it's 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 one of those things I think to this day it is still it's surreal. I think for our generation it was, you know, it was the it was our 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 John Kennedy assassination. It was you know, we were alive during the Challenger, but I think I was I was 8 years old when the Challenger uh, happened. And so, yeah, I mean 2001 was one of the, I remember I was I was sitting in class at Ashland University and uh the professor only kind of half knowing what had happened because it had just happened, told us that something had happened in New York City. And as the day kind of progressed and the news came out, it, it just, you know, it was uh, it was one of the few times when I think there was there was real genuine fear for people in this country, not knowing what to expect. And um, it was it was it was to this day, it's one of those things I still have. I played uh, men's soccer at uh, Ashland University. And to this day, I still have. Uh, we had a game that day that got postponed, and when we came back and played it, uh, our uh, equipment manager had actually they'd sewn on American flags onto the sleeves of our of our kits. And to this day, I still have that kit hanging in my closet. And uh, over the years, you know, on the nights that I would be coaching uh, on September 11th, I, w- I would always pull it out um, and just tell the kids kind of about that story. And just, I mean, uh, you know, I hope that future generations don't have to go through that again, but yeah, it's, it, it what a scary time. No doubt about it. Uh, Brian Schaff joining me here on the show, the chef liaison and unofficial master taster over at certified Angus beast. Appreciate you sharing that story with us, Brian. So let's go ahead and uh, do a little due diligence on you before we get into certified Angus beef and their vision of what they're looking to do with beef. A uh, little professional background on you, and uh, I don't know if you've always been with Certified Angus Beef, but if not, uh, what uh, you had been doing in the past and how your path led you to Certified Angus. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of strange. I grew up on a on a 200-acre dairy farm uh, in Northeast Ohio and, and spent really my first, you know, 20-some years of my life, you know, figuring out how to get off the farm. Um, my background, my degrees, everything is in journalism. I was a writer for a daily newspaper for, um, almost a decade. I was a sports writer. Actually, I was, I was in the locker room with LeBron James in his rookie year. 
nice. um, you know, you know, covering Indians games. And, you know, I stood at the back of the end zone in the final two minutes of Browns games many times. Um, but over time, my, my journalistic career shifted and I ended up um, dealing with business and politics and government. And, and that was sort of where I crossed paths with, with certified Angus beef. Um, uh, there was an opening there. It's a fantastic company. They actually needed, they needed a writer, um, not necessarily anybody with a culinary background, but somebody who, you know, who could, you know, could put some words together. So, uh, yeah, long story short, that's what got me there. Um, and then just really over the last decade plus it's been, you know, you spend enough time working with, with meat science PhDs and, and chefs who cooked all over the world. You, you, you tend to pick up a thing or two and, uh, I was like to say, I, I'm, I, I know enough to be dangerous, but, but don't mistake me for an expert by, by any means. I hear that. That's like my life <laughs> mantra every day of the week. Um, <laughs> look, there's folks out who know what certified Angus beef is all about and what the vision and mission is, but there are also others who might be a little unclear. For instance, they are at their supermarket <clears throat> or local meat purveyor. They see a steak in the meat case that has a certified Angus beef branding on it, and then there might be one a few next to it without any designation whatsoever, or at least not the CAB designation. So there's potential for potential uh, buyer confusion, as I was just redundant there yeah. for a second. Tell me a little bit about yeah. Certified Angus Beef and how it came to be, and then, of course, what the, the vision and the mission on an everyday basis is as far as the meat world is concerned. Yeah, so, you know, it, it, it's a little confusing, and, and really the, the reason why we exist can also be, I guess, less clear. Um, the easy answer as to, as to why we exist, basically, uh, we were formed in uh, 1978. Uh, before 1978, beef was, beef was a commodity. Um, there, there was a USDA grading scale, but uh, a few years, I believe it was 1976, there had really, in the years even before 76, there had been a, a large influx in European continental breeds, which were very lean, because in the 70s, there was a big thing about the war on fat. Um, and a group of Angus producers got together and said, hold on here, like, you know, say what you will about fat, that's, that's also what makes, you know, steak delicious. And, you know, Angus cattle have a genetic propensity, as do a couple other breeds, uh, to, to, to deposit marbling very efficiently. Uh, and so that's where they, they laid out uh, basically 10 specs, you know, if, if, if all beef could meet certain criteria based on marbling score and age and sizing and, and yield and things like that. Well, that, you know, it's something that basically you could say, what's a guarantee that this is going to be to be good. It's going to perform for you. Um, and it was it was out of that that certified Angus beef came into being um, as, as a product. Um, you know, as, as far as why we exist, we exist to drive demand for registered Angus cattle. Um, and the reason that is, is basically we were started by a bunch of Angus producers, you know, and, you know, Angus cows in general, they, they do have that genetic propensity to, to put down marbling, um, you know, as do a few other breeds. But, you know, the, the real answer to that is we were started by Angus breeders. Brian Chaff joining me here on the show. Uh, CertifiedAngusBeef.com is the website if you have never been there. You might want to check it out here while we're chatting it up a little bit. So let's work back to the example I was just talking about, Brian, that I gave a few minutes ago. When buying a cut of beef, why would the consumer want to look for or potentially ask their meat purveyor for a CAB branded meat versus something that doesn't have that designation? Yeah. So, I mean, the, the easiest way to answer that is 
if it has the certified Angus beef logo on it, you, you know what you're getting. And that, you know, there are 10 science-based specs behind it. And what that is, I mean, the most important is that marbling score. It, it is the top third of choice up into prime. So nothing below that upper echelon of, of cho the choice grade is ever going to get into one of our boxes. And so um, we sort of base ourselves around the ideas is we'll never go out. We'll never say that you, you can't get a, a great steak or a great eating experience elsewhere from another brand, another breed, anything like that. Uh, we really hang our hat on consistency. And it's the idea that if it has our logo on it, you know what you're going to get. And that's why we exist in so many restaurants around the world, you know, because it, I mean, if you're a chef and you're doing 1500 covers a day, uh, you know, the, 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 consistency and quality of, of your steak is one less thing you should have to worry about. So just to be clear, this is not a grade of meat like choice, prime, or Wagyu, but you will fit somewhere uh, into those grades as a, a product designation? Yeah, so so if you can think of the, the, the beef grading scale, you know, the our uh, you know, one of our specs is a marbling score, which if you look at the, the USDA grading scale, that's all based on marbling score, you know, prime choice select. Um, within the choice grade, there are actually three different levels of marbling because, you know, we have to make things as complicated as possible. Right. Um, but, uh, but where we come in is it's a little confusing because the, the three levels of marbling just in the choice grade, two thirds of that, is made up of the bottom third of choice. Um, so those top two thirds of choice actually make up actual quantity wise, about only a third of any beef that's graded choice. Um, and we have set our, our most important spec uh, at a marbling score that would only have those top two thirds of choice. Uh, and the reason that is, is even back in the seventies, meat scientists, including our, one of our founders, Dr. Bob Van Stavard from Ohio state, uh, they had done enough, taste sensory panels and realize that that line between uh, in the choice grade is where the palate of the, the average palate can tell a discernible difference between the taste of, of, you know, this tastes better than this. And so that's why we drew our line right there as opposed to at the bottom of choice um, was because of, of those taste panels, you know? And so if, if you're going to just buy low choice, you know, all meat scientists would, would suggest that you might as well buy select because the, the, the average palate isn't going to notice that difference. Um, so that's, that's, where, that's why we've drawn our, our baseline uh, for where certified English beef starts is, is at that top of choice. Um, and so if you do see our logo on it, you're getting something in that top tier of choice up into prime. And honestly, um, you know, some of the cattle raised around here in Ohio hit prime plus or yeah. you know we kind of refer to it internally as super prime i mean it's they almost look like you know they they, they would fall on the wagyu scale so <laughs> brian 2020 has obviously been a year like few of us have ever been involved with now for a lot of folks in the live fire industry it has been one of the most if not the most successful year that they have uh, perhaps experienced even in the uh, duration of their business's life for other folks uh, in the food service side and things of this nature, it's obviously been uh, quite the opposite side of that spectrum. So what's it like at Certified Angus Beef during this coronavirus time? You know, it's 
it, it, it's been hard, and it's it's one of those things where uh, you know we're we're impacted uh, to a to a degree, uh, to a same degree. We're fortunate in the way that we're set up as a as a business model in that you can get certified Angus beef in restaurants and retail. Um, as long as people are eating, people are buying certified Angus beef. We can look back even through, you know, the, the recession and, you know, the, the late 2000s, um, you know, people continue, maybe they eat less beef on the whole, but when they were eating beef, you know, they, they were getting the higher quality stuff. Um, so we've been fortunate to at least have a little bit of insulation. Uh, by no means does that mean, you know, we've, we've skated through any of this by any stretch, but, uh, you know, we've, we've had, we've had retail partners who have just, I mean, been struggling to keep up with the demand, uh, especially during, uh, you know, during the early stages of the shutdown. And we've had some of our, our closest chef friends, restaurant owners, um, you know, we, we, we've seen them go through the probably the worst time that most of them have ever seen in their careers. So um, it's a really strange time. It's, it's also a time when I think you see the, the best, um, in uh in humanity the way people come together the way people help each other you know just in cleveland some mutual friends of ours you know as as restaurants shut down um you know cleveland family meal led by Vinny samino who used to be at greenhouse tavern Mm -hmm. um you know they they were they were they were cooking up food every single day and feeding restaurant folks for free uh for for months um it just you know, it's one of those things that's, uh, it's, it's not a good, uh, it's certainly nothing you'd ever wish on anybody, but man, there really are some, uh, some real feel good moments that come out of hard times. Brian Schaff joining me here on the show. Brian, Meet Speak podcast gearing up for season two launch at the end of the month. In your opinion, what are the wins for the certified Angus beef brand to launch and then have and run their own podcast? Yeah, it's it's uh it's kind of uh um kind of two pronged. One, um somebody that, that I, I really hope uh the, the, the greater uh the greater uh industry gets to meet and actually somebody who's a great friend of your your previous guest Jess Priles, our, our meat scientist Diana Clark, um is just just a wealth of knowledge and information and um to be able to give her um, a medium to to talk about meat science and talk about the the hows and the whys and, and honestly, if you're running a, a a restaurant operation, you know what are some different ways to cut things? What are some different cuts uh, that are great alternatives that that will will maybe you know improve your bottom line, especially during times like this? Um, she's just such a fascinating fascinating personality. Uh, so uh, to, to, to put her on and really spend a lot of time diving into meat science um, in the inner workings of, you know, dry aging science and, um, you know, making charcuterie and sausages and, and all kinds of things like that. Um, you know, all, all I am is the guy who sort of runs the, the board and, you know, makes really terrible jokes. But uh, Diana and, and our, our other chef uh, and co-host chef Tony Biggs is our director of culinary and he's, he came to Worcester, Ohio. He was the executive chef to the King and Queen of Jordan in the wow. Middle East before coming here, which is a logical career progression, of course, going from cooking for royalty to Worcester, Ohio. <laughs> Makes sense. No <laughs> doubt. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but he was an American, and it was a chance to get back over here. And uh, um, Tony, Tony's 
he's he's been all over the world. He was in Mel Marcos, his chef. He uh, ran the Second Harvest Food Bank in in New Orleans post Hurricane Katrina. You know, he ran the Tokyo American Club over in Japan. I mean, the guy's just been all over. Uh, and so between the two of them, uh, there's 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 just so many stories and ideas and information that it's just a great way to disseminate that. And then the other side is is because we're certified in this piece, because, you know, you know, we, we kind of started small, but you know, we're, we're everywhere, you know, we're all around the world. We, we have a lot of really interesting friends and we thought it was kind of an opportunity or an avenue to, to tell some of their stories as well. Um, including, you know, we had, uh, we had, you had our pal Jeremy Mansky on uh, near the end of season one. And, uh, we've got a, a whole bunch of new folks lined up for, uh, for season two. So, you know, it's an opportunity to, to really kind of tell their story, how they got to do what they're doing. And, and honestly, the, there are folks doing really interesting things with really interesting cuts. And, you know, if, if you're a chef or if you're a meathead out there uh, and you've never really thought about different ways of cooking a beef shank whole, um, you know, there, there might be an application for it. And, and we might have somebody who's already doing it, who, uh, who you could glean some information from. CertifiedAngusBeef.com is the website. You can get the podcast from that website as well, so make sure that you subscribe to it. It's on Spotify, all the other podcast platforms, and Brian Schaff is the host, as he had just mentioned, cracking the high-level jokes. Uh, you can find out more by visiting that website, and in the meantime, follow them on social media and all the other places. Brian, really appreciate the time this evening to look into Certified Angus Beef, and uh, we'll stay in touch. Let's do it again soon. Man, looking forward to it. Let me know. Uh, our, our meat lab is under construction right now from some, some COVID issues. But uh, as soon as it's back up, please, 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 we'd love to have you down to break down a cider beef or two. All right, we'll do it. Thanks again. There he is, Brian Schaff from Certified Angus Beef. How convenient that the uh, pen is shut down by Corona. I can't catch a break. An hour away, and it's like it might as well be a world away. We're go- I feel like we got some bridges going in the right direction, like ships in the night just barely missing each other. Hey, uh, let me talk to you quickly about Southside Market before we run out of time this evening. Established in 1882, the oldest barbecue joint in Texas, four locations, three locations to choose from. Run by the same family for three generations. Known for the original beef sausage, of course, but they're also cooking great prime briskets that are smoked low and slow for many hours over real Texas post oak wood. Shop at southsidemarket.com where you can get all of their great and wonderful stuff. Shipping to customers when you're doing that. You can choose to ship now or you can do shipping later. You can include a custom gift note. You can mail to multiple addresses without any additional charges. All shipped items are vacuumed sealed to ensure freshness and ease of preparation for the customer. On-site meat market for fresh and smoked products. Custom orders are welcome. They do private labeling as well if you're interested in that. Elgin, Texas has the original restaurant since uh, since 1882. Bastrop, Texas since 2014. There's also one in Austin, Texas. Grocery distribution through Texas and many surrounding states as well when you're on southsidemarket.com. Use promo code BBQ Central, all one word, lowercase. That's promo code BBQ Central. And get 10% off each and every order when you're at southsidemarket.com. We're back to wrap the show. Stick around. We'll be right back.
whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. Welcome back. This portion of the show brought to you by The Smoke Sheet. Go to bbqnewsletter.com and sign up for a great all-in-one resource covering the live fire industry. Also, this has nothing to do with me. The longest-running embedded correspondent, Doug Scheiding from Texas, appeared on the Baseball and Barbecue podcast. Hosted by Loyal Centralite. Hi, this is Jeff Stone of Jeff, 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 just hold on a goddamn minute, please. I said, wait a minute. Holy Christ. Everybody's so anxious these days. Anyway, this podcast hosted by Loyal Centralite, Leonard Aberman. Len, top of the eve. If you're looking for Doug's episode, it's episode 69. <laughs> So check out Doug being a guest, doing great things, talking baseball, talking barbecue on the Baseball and Barbecue Podcast. In addition to Doug, there's also a great interview with somebody named John Shea, and he has written a book about Willie Mays. So if you like barbecue and you like baseball, look for episode 69 with our very own Texas Embedded Correspondent, Doug Scheider! And now we can leave. Hey, all the way back in the first hour, we talked with Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. Some reflections on September 11th, 2001. We talked about the new TV show that's coming up out on Netflix. We talked about grilling seafood and the traps of Patagonian toothfish. Then we went to the second hour. Jess Priles from HardcoreCarnivore.com. JessPriles.com. Talked about her graduate certificate program that she's in at Iowa State University. We also talked about the Just Keep Flipping method that she has been uh, promoting and championing. Championing? Championing? Low these many months. And we close it out with Brian Shaw from Certified Angus Beef. CertifiedAngusBeef.com. And you can subscribe to the Beat Speak podcast right there as well. Season 2 getting ready to drop. You know what? I say screw seasons. Just keep doing them week after week and see what happens. That's what I do. Turned out all right for me. Big show next week. 68-year-old Robin Lindars will be joining the show. If she can remember senior citizen Stephen Reichlin and we may or may not have a Kevin Bloodsoe signing we'll see how that works out over the course of the week September 11th 2001 I will never forget until next Tuesday at 9pm Eastern this is your program host and proud US American Greg Rempe good night now This is Jeff Stone of Grandpa's Pride Barbecue from the Panhandle of Florida, and you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show.